Welcome to the show, everybody. This is your boy, Lo Jackson, coming to you live with the Only You Podcast. This is a podcast I like to do book reviews to pass on information to help people grow, develop, and become better people all around. This is a podcast that I like to share personal stories about my past and my development and my growth. Because I do still believe that every day is a learning lesson in life and that if you're not learning, then you're withering away and your mind needs fed your nine your mind needs education and i'm here to pass on some information that might help somebody out so let's get on with the only you podcast um today i am doing you can analyze your handwriting excuse me you can analyze handwriting and this is by robert holder this is a great book you can find it on all the platforms that i always talk about um i don't know if any of you know anything about handwriting um there's a there's like a graphology, you know, what does your handwriting say about you, you know? You got to use graphology and that's and graphology is the study of handwriting, um especially when employed as a means of analyzing a writer's character, personality, abilities, and etc. Um how you write can indicate more than 5,000 different personality traits. In the medical field, it can be used to refer to the study of handwriting as an aid in diagnosis and tracking of disease, you guys. So, I mean, you think the way you write is significant. Well, it really is. And it tells everybody all about your past and your future and how far you've come. So, like, even, like, the size of your handwriting. You know, if you're large letters, that means you're outgoing, people-oriented, outspoken. You love attention. This can also mean that you put up a front and pretend to have a lot of confidence. In reality, people like that sometimes tend to have um, less confidence, really. But they come off as, you know, overconfident sometimes. You know, spacing between words, um, wide spacing between words uh, means that you enjoy your freedom and don't like to be overwhelmed or even crowded. You like you know, the freeness. And that's why that wide space is there because that's part of your personality. So what's the opposite of wide? Obviously, it'd be narrow. And narrow spacing, it also means you can't stand to be alone. You te- you tend to crowd people and be intrusive. So that's when you're, you know, your spacing's right up on top of each other. It's funny, when I was in second grade, I can remember my second grade uh, teacher getting on this kid, Larry. Man, Larry used to write, like... <laughs> I kid you not. She would pull out this bifocal and be like, sir, could you come up here for a second? Larry would get up there and she's like, can, can you tell me what that says? And he would like squint at the paper a little bit and he would like straight up read it to her. And she's like, I cannot read that at all. You got to make your letters a little bit bigger. And I remember I was standing behind him. You guys, I kid you not. It was a paragraph and it was like one inch tall. It was a complete paragraph. There was over six sentences there and it was only one inch tall. That's how small this person wrote. So, you know, um, and I just want to share that little story because this is the Only You podcast and, you know, that's a part of life. We meet people and see things that, you know, in second grade, I had no idea that, you know, he, uh, the narrow spacing in all of his letters, he didn't want to be alone. He loved to be around people. And it made sense because when he got older, he was a, really an extrovert. Um, slanting, so like slanting letters, like an E with no slant. Um, it means that you don't 
uh, let your emotions get the best of you. You tend to be logical and practical. Um, if the uh, it's if a G slants to the right, you are open to new experiences and enjoy meeting new people. Um, the letter B, if it slants to the left, you tend to keep to yourself and generally like to work behind the scenes. If you are right-handed and your uh, handwriting slants to the left, you may be expressing rebellion. I think that's pretty wild, right? Um, shapes of letters, it does matter. So O, um, rounded letters, you are creative and artistic. And that's just like rounding of any letters, not just O, but I, I used O as a, you know, a reference. Um, a, you know, because A has that, the big A has a point. You know, they say A-framed houses because it looks like an A. Um, and so pointed letters, you are more aggressive, intense, very intelligent, and curious. Um, connected letters, you are logical, systematic, and make decisions carefully. So here's another one. It's looping. Narrow L loops. You may be restricting yourself, which could lead to feelings of tension. Is that not crazy? The word uh, wide L loops. You're relaxed and spontaneous. Self-expression comes easy to you. Um, narrow E loops. You tend to be skeptical of others. You tend not to be swayed by the emotions of others. So that's important. Remember that. Narrow E loops. That's uh, you're skeptical of others. So. That's something you can put in your tool bag to, you know, try to assess people if you're trying to figure them out or if you like someone to see what kind of person they are, maybe. I'm not sure. Wide e-loops. So if you're writing, if you see somebody that writes wide e-loops, they are often um, open-minded and enjoy trying new experiences. Dotting your eyes is very important in handwriting, you guys. It's, um, if you, if someone does the dot high over the eye, uh, you have a great imagination, you know, um, like, uh, stashing your eyes instead of like an eye, you put like a little slash, um, stashing. I, I meant slashing you guys. Sorry. <laughs> overly, this means overly self-critical. Don't have a lot of patience for inadequacy or people that don't learn from their mistakes. Circle, uh, your eyes. So instead of like you put a, a dot or a dash, you know, or I'm, excuse me, a slash, you do a circle. This means you're a visionary and you're childlike. And I used to see girls in school always write those big old circles. And sometimes I would do it because I thought, well, that, that, that handwriting cool. And sometimes over time in school, I remember I had a classmate in seventh grade. She, she made her capital G like this. She drew a C and then put like an upside down L inside of it. And I've made my G's like that ever since. And I copied her G. I thought it was cool. <laughs> Um, so the, uh, dot right over the eye, this means that you are detail oriented, organized, or empathetic in what you say or do. Um, crossing your T's is very important. I mean, obviously when you hear the statement, dot your I's and cross your T's, they really are serious, you know, cause all those things mean something, you know, if you don't dot your I's, that means something. If you don't cross your T's, well, then it's an L and your word don't even make sense. So... <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So uh, crossing your T's uh, at the very top, like a capital, if you cross it like that, that means you're ambitious, optimistic, and have good self-esteem. Um, if you do a long, uh, uh, like a long cross, um, you are. this means that you are very determined, enthusiastic. However, you tend to be stubborn and have a hard time letting things go.
Hey, that's a something important to know. Um, if you do it right in the middle, and you put the you know the cross right in the middle of the T, you are confident and feel comfortable in your own skin. Um, if you do a short cross instead of a long cross, this means that you tend to be lazy and show lack of determination. It's pretty interesting, you know, because I have met other people that do that stuff too. Like they just, I feel like sometimes handwriting people just are like in a rush and they just don't care, you know, about handwriting. Like my mom used to tell me, hey, if you're not going to have nice handwriting, at least learn to um, write your name um, infallible. And so that's what I did. I practiced writing my name over and over and over and over. Now my signature looks like a doctor's signature. And it's big and bold because I'm an extrovert and I love people. And I'm outgoing and I care about people. So. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Only You Podcast, your boy Lo Jackson coming to you live. I love you guys for listening. Thank you for following me. Thank you for sharing me. I am fo- I am so grateful, honestly. Um, open and closed O's. Um, open O's means like you are talkative, social, able uh, to express your feelings and have little secrecy. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. Sounds like me. Uh, closed O, you are very private. Limited to sharing your personal feelings. You're an introvert. That's kind of cool, right? Um, Lowercase cursive S's. And this is very important right here. So, um, round lowercase cursive S's. This means that you are a people pleaser and tend to avoid confrontation. And that's me too. That's wild. Pointy lowercase cursive S. You enjoy learning new things. You are uh, inquisitive and ambitious. The higher and pointier the peaks, the more ambitious you are. Cool. That's good to know. Uh, wide towards the bottom means you are not, uh, you, excuse me, you might not be following your heart and career or other pursuits. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, so, Another thing they say here is about pressure, like how you press your pen or your pencil. Um, heavy pressure means you are good with um, commitment and taking things seriously. If pressure is excessively heavy, um, you tend to be uptight and can react quickly to criticism. If you if the handwriting is light, um, light pressure you are sensitive and show an empathy to people, but you also have lack of vitality. Kind of interesting, right? And also it talks about speed. If you uh, write quickly, you are impatient, dislike delays or time wasters. (laughs) I just said that earlier. Remember if you write slowly, you are more organized, methodical and self-reliant. I, uh, I find that pretty awesome. This whole thing, you know, it's, um, what your handwriting says about your health, you know, that's important you guys, because this podcast is about health, about mental health, more about mental health than anything. Just for the fact that everybody can see scratches, bruises, broken bones. Nobody can see a a, a bruised brain, you know, a bruised, uh, prefrontal lobe cortex or, or, a, a, a bruised, um, uh, cerebrum, you know, you, you just don't know. So, what your handwriting says about your health is, you know, what about high blood pressure? You know, writing with uh, variable pressure is one possible indicator that you have high blood pressure, especially when it goes from light to dark. Because those, when you're writing, your heart's beating. I, I, and this is how my, when I read this, this is what I believed. You know, because like, 
I mean, what are the other odds of it? Because I can, you can put your two fingers on your wrist and you can take your blood, you know, pressure like that. Your heartbeat, you feel it, you know. Schizophrenia is another one from your handwriting. When the slant varies within a sentence or within the same word frequently, it is one form of evidence the person is not having continual contact with reality, you guys. And we all have learned now that, you know, schizophrenia is brought on by some of the deepest, darkest stress that you could ever imagine, you know. And I've known, I've had the fortunate time to know somebody that was suffering from schizophrenia and I watched them heal. I mean, I watched them come out of having a personality disorder and being so whacked out of their mind, you wouldn't believe it. But they came back and became themselves again. So it is possible. And with, you know, with studying, applying, and doing, everything is possible. Alzheimer's disease, handwriting um, deteriorates as the mental facilities deteriorate. One of the many factors include... Uh, includes handwriting that changes to irregular and altered letter uh, coupled with um, trembles in the uh, writing. The writing will also slow down. Uh, Parkinson's disease. One of the signs of Parkinson's disease is very small and cramped handwriting. Micrographia. Sometimes the handwriting can become so small even the writer cannot read it. Remember Larry I was telling you about? Yeah, he suffered from micrographia. And I mean, it's a real ailment. And not a lot of people know about it because it's just something you don't you don't see every day. You don't hear about it. And um, so, and now back to Robert Holder's book, You Can Analyze Handwriting. Chapter 1 is, What a Knowledge of Handwriting Can Do for You. Do you really know yourself? Do you know that handwriting mirrors character? Would you like to learn how to see people as they really are? A knowledge of what your handwriting means may change your life. Every time you write your name, you are registering a pen picture of your personality. If you could set down your signature in a continuous line from your per first schoolboyish scribble to the stylized autograph of yours, as of now, you would have a portrait in writing of your character from childhood to adulthood. Is that not unreal, y'all? When I first read that, I was so in disbelief, like, wow. I do truly believe that, you know, I mean, I mean, think about it, you know, you, you learn to write your name at a young age and you're using big letters and it looks all silly, but everybody always loves it, you know, because you're learning and it's encouraging, but to see it when you become an adult, like, whoa, you know, like this is who I really am and my letters were always big. So I've always been an extrovert I, and I truly believe that the story of the development of your character from year to year would be seen in the script just as a slice of log tells um, in the uh, concentric rings how the weather helped or retarded the growth of the tree. But you are not uh, felled timber. You are very much alive and growing. You have many chances to adjust your mental and physical environment so that you will grow straight and develop normally. Handwriting reveals your present and past growth. And I was talking to you guys about that earlier. And I do find that to be true. Because it's like, I mean, wow. You know, writing it down from kindergarten, senior name in kindergarten to right now is, I mean, I'm just thinking in my brain like, geez, what a, what a lot of development there, you know. Your handwriting will reveal 
the nature of your present and past growth. If it satisfies you, the next step is to study the writing of others so you may understand what is happening to their lives. If you are not satisfied, you will want to see yourself the way you excuse me, the way your handwriting mirrors you so that you will have a true picture of your personality. Know yourself first, then know others. Then enjoy the thrill of fitting in with the whole human family because you will understand people at that point. And you will never again have that feeling of being alone. When you start to read character from handwriting, the science of graphology, you, you will discover that people fall into general personality types of which you might possibly be one. You, you will also find out that regardless of financial or social success, even the letter, excuse me, even the leaders in the community and the nation have their weaknesses. You will have revealed to you also what traits of character helped to achieve success. You will discard that cheerless untruth that there is no one else in the world like you. You will find out that there is no one quite like you, but that you have millions of general counterparts everywhere in the world. If you amazingly turn up handwriting evidence to prove you are a genius, just remember the genius is a type 2. We have had them before and expect to keep them Excuse me, and accept. Oh, if I could talk while we have had them before and accept to keep them. You are what you write, but you don't have to stay that way. When you look at your handwriting and classify yourself as a particular type of personality or a complex bundle of entangled human nature, <laughs> you do not have to stay the way you see yourself. This book will reveal how you can change. For the better and find life stimulating why your handwriting reveals the real you you are not what you think you are nor are you what other people imagine you to be you tend to forget your faults and you magnify your good points six different people will see you six different ways your handwriting will record an accurate picture of the real you because it is the end result of your brain in action. When you write, you think, to prove this, try to write an intelligent statement without keeping your mind on what you are writing. You will find it will be impossible. Your brain must tell your hand just how to write the words, that you must tell your hand just how to write the words, and that you see in your mind oh the words that you see in your mind your nervous system acts as the wires along which the message of how to write will travel hence stimulated by the brain your muscular system and coordinated into a more or less controlled writing movement what uh what kind of, excuse me what a knowledge of handwriting can do is that's the chapter that we're reading you guys the handwriting that evolves is as personal as your fingerprints. Pressure, size, slant, style, letter, shape, spacing, and scores of other details of writing can and do vary in everybody's script. Your writing will also change according to the mood of the moment. A change, however, 
which will not affect your basic writing movements. Remember what I was saying in the beginning about dotting your I's, crossing your T's, and all that stuff? That's what he's getting at here because, you know, you could be having a really bad day but be an upbeat person, but that day be closed off and introverted, and your writing style be different, but your I's, T's, S's, and A's they're all going to be similar and very, very same over the period, you know, of your life during that time at your, of your life. Children write like children. Adults write like adults. When you were a child, you wrote like a child. Your handwriting was large and slowly formed. It was awkward and lacked rhythm. And it reflected the immaturity and simplicity of your childhood. So you wrote that away. But when you grew up, you put away childish things. And that's actually a Bible verse right there. You know, when I was a child, I did childlike things. When I became a man, I put childlike things away. Your writing was no longer simple. It mirrored the character traits and the personality twist which you had acquired. The simple ingredients of childhood had become the infinitely complex blend of millions of experiences which are now completely recognized as you. And you write accordingly. No two persons write the same way. That is why no two persons write exactly the same way. They couldn't even if they wanted to. Our whole system of credit would collapse if one person's signature were not uh, singularly different from that of another. Yeah, I totally believe that would be terrifying. A bright new world can be yours. This book will show you how to use handwriting study to pick out personality and character clues and then how to apply many of the findings of modern psychology to help open up a bright new world for you, for your family, for your friends, and for other people who might be interested in you. Graphology will be easy for you if you add this new information to what you already know about people. The behavior of those in your immediate family and that of close friends is bound to be fairly clear to you. Build upon this knowledge using handwriting analysis as the master key to unlock personality mysteries. Psychology and layman's answer to personality problems. If these pages, excuse me, in, wow, in these pages you will find out about the new and highly useful science called psychographology, which adds modern psychographological principles to the science of graphology. You can actually do it yourself by merely looking at your own and others' handwritings. Handwriting is your new raw material. This book is your power tool. Using this book as a tool with as much handwriting as you wish to work on and employ, excuse me, uh, and employing a full set of psychological attachments, you will be able to understand people who have puzzled you for years as well as find out all about yourself. The method of objective self-inspection will remove any blind spots you may have in your personality since you will not be able to uh, reasonably to dispute the scientific findings covered in the section of graphology. You will admit any weaknesses in your character and will want to do something about them. Thank you guys for listening, and this is the Only You Podcast, where I am doing Robert Holder's book called You Can Analyze Handwriting. And we've went over dotting your I's, crossing your T's, um, writing I to refer to yourself, uh, people who make their capital I to refer to themselves larger than other capital letters tends to be arrogant.
people who make their capital I um, uh, similar than other capital letters tend to be happy with themselves. Um, what about a lie detector, you guys? Handwriting that is bunched up, uh, moved out of alignment, or otherwise different from the rest of the writing indicates a lie. Is that not wild? What about uh, your signature? If it's not legible, you are very private. Um, hard to read or understand. Legible, you are confident and comfortable in your own skin. You don't need to pretend you're something that you are not. And I totally believe that. Thank you guys for listening. And this is the only you podcast coming to you live. Thank you, Robert Holder, for this cool handwriting analysis book. You can find this at all your major platforms, Google Books, Barnes & Noble. It actually ranges anywhere on the internet, like on Amazon and stuff, like $5. It was like 3 to $8 I found it for. Um, know yourself by using handwriting clues. Before you can improve your character, refine your personality, smooth your relations with others, advance your job or success in business, Attain happiness in marriage, get rid of unhealthy practices or attitudes, or free yourself from silly or sickening fears and frustrations, you must get a clear personal picture. You must know yourself. Repeat that, you guys. You must know yourself. A lot of people don't. They know a little bit about themselves, but they never seriously step back and really get to know themselves. And that's what makes people like that sad when they're running around trying to make friends with every single person they see and oh this is going to build me an army and they're all going to love me no it's going to collapse in front of your face because you didn't take the time to realize that you got to savor relationships being friendly with somebody doesn't make them your friend it makes them your acquaintance and that's it you know And and it's sad when people do this you know and a lot of folks don't even see themselves Like, they don't even know themselves. That is the first step. And handwriting analysis will make that initial pace positive and reassuring. Self-knowledge will give you confidence that you know what you are doing and that what you are doing is right. You will respect uh, yourself for what excellent talents you will undoubtedly discover. Other people will catch the cognition of glowing self-esteem and reflect it in your direction. The doors of many situations will begin to open almost before you touch the knobs. Maybe you are an engineer who secretly loves to sing, but fear of making a fool of yourself has prevented you from joining a uh, choir group. When you find out from looking at your handwriting that you have a wonderful sense of rhythm and musical sensitivity, your fear will vanish and you will add a new happiness to your life. Perhaps you are a banker. Who would be advanced into a public relations vice presidency, but you lack facility in talking before groups? A glance at your writing discloses that you have excellent spatial relation knowledge, that you have word fluency, that you have a sparkling sense of humor, but that you also have an ornate personal pride. That latter prevented you from taking a course in public speaking at the local adult education center. Now that you know what held you back, that you were just blind to an important personal improvement because you thought it was beneath your dignity to go back to school, you will drop the dead weight and advance unhampered. 
You can also soft pedal that which you cannot prevent in your personality. You can concentrate on constructive elements of your character. You can relate your interest and your vocational aptitudes to your present job and your future job advancement. You can use your new knowledge gleaned from handwriting study to solve every possible personal problem so that the solution fits the real you as you now will know yourself and thanks again you guys for listening to the only you podcast this has been the rendition and i'm passing on this information about handwriting analysis just for the simple fact that it is important to understand yourself and not a lot of people do and that's why i'm doing this um handwriting analysis book is I'm, i'm really trying to touch base on getting to know yourself step back you know i just wonder do people really have a clear um sense of who they are you know it's it's crazy it's like developmentally we wrestle with finding ourselves as teens and young adults and then we often revisit these questions in middle age it's both normal and essential to seek um, self-understanding it's like in order to accept ourselves and establish a sense of belonging we need to understand who we are A strong um, sense of self helps us navigate life and brings meaning to to our experiences, obviously. I mean, and honestly, without it, we feel lost. And that's every day, you know. Why do we experience a loss of identity? Um, One is we put everyone else's needs before our own. Um, When we focus on others and neglect ourselves, we fail to recognize and value ourselves and our needs. We minimize who we are and what we need. And that word minimize, um, you guys, learn that word. Because we, we as human beings love to minimize everything. And it's unfortunate. A lot of people suffer out there. You know, they, like, they love to minimize their alcohol use. They love to minimize their lying. You know, it's, they love to minimize their cheating or their womanizing. You know what I mean? It, it's a horrible situation. Okay, now number two is we are disconnected from our thoughts and feelings. We commonly keep ourselves so distracted and numb with alcohol, food, and electronics that we miss important information about who we are. You know, if if you're doing all those things, you have no idea who you are because you're trying to self-medicate, you know? And it's like, um, once I stopped using alcohol, I actually um, went to the bar and sat there one time in the back room in a smoky, smoky bar room, and I watched these people. And I went there all week long, every single day, and had water after I had quit drinking. And it was the same people all seven days, every day. You know, obviously, some new patrons would come in here and there, but it made me realize all those people that were regulars, they were there self-medicating. They did not know what was wrong with them. How often do you reach for your phone or a snack or a drink when you get even slightly uncomfortable? These things keep us from knowing ourselves because we don't allow ourselves to be curious and ask ourselves how we're really feeling, you know? And and if you do do this, sometimes people actually neglect their own feelings because they have become so numb and just checked out. We experience life transitions and changes in our roles, experience like um, divorce, retirement, job loss, death of a loved one or other traumatic events can also result in losing our sense of self, you know, and life's about knowing yourself. How can you know a lover? How could you know a friend? 
How could you know your your father or your mother? And I'm serious. You think you know your father and your mother? No, you don't because you don't even know you. And for whatever reasons, whatever traumas, whatever tragedies that happened, you have become unknowing to yourself. And that's why you're suffering. And I do truly believe that. We um, we feel ashamed and unworthy. And consequently, excuse me, and consequently, we bury parts of ourselves. We were told that we were bad, strange, ugly, stupid, unworthy, a piece of shit. You know, we've been all we've all been called all kinds of names. And you know, but you guys, every single one of you out there, you're entitled to your own individuality. You're entitled to your own personality. Nobody out there can ever argue your feelings. Not in court. Not in your human resources office. Not in not in not in front of the pearly gates with Saint Peter could he argue your feelings. And I mean that, y'all. Maybe uh I don't know. You know, it's like we we were criticized or teased or bullied, whatever it could be. You know, maybe you loved to play chess as a kid, but you were told it's not cool to join the chess club. You know, so you quit. You know, and and, and you could have been you could have went on to be Bobby Fisher. You know what I mean? But your you know yourself made you do that because you didn't know who you are. You didn't know that you were Bobby Fisher inside. You know, because whatever reasons, your self esteem, your depression, your your things that have been built up and causing you borderline personality disorders are causing this, and it's crazy, you know. Or maybe, or perhaps you were uh, shamed for your sexual orientation, and, and and or you know, this happens every single day. I see it in the workplace all the time, and you know, it happens a lot to females, unfortunately. You know, especially if they are openly, you know, lesbian, and men hate that. You know, because they think that they're like dudes going to come and steal their girl because being a lesbian is way more acceptable than being gay now. It's like, uh, okay, it's both of the same things. It's two people loving each other. Who are you to judge? Let your God judge. You do what you have to do when you love while you're here. But once you step into the realm of judgment, everything around you becomes a judge. And then the world judges you equally. So, you know... You got to take that into account when you're out there doing those things. Uh, we are told we have to fit a certain mold. And if, you know, like if we're to fit in somewhere. And a lot of times we can't fit that mold. You know, there's lots of kids out there with ODD, oppositional defiant disorder. There's um, people out there with OCD that, you know, I mean, there was a the movie The Matchstick Man with... Uh, Nicholas Cage, he had to literally close the door, go one, close the door, two, close the door, three, close the door. And then he would, on the, the, the third time he closed it, he would let go of the, as he pulled back, he'd let go of the handle and he'd open the door because in reality, he had caused himself a borderline personality disorder and couldn't even um, realize it because he didn't know himself and he had closed himself off from the situation. You know, questions to help you know yourself better are one is what are my strengths two to help you better know yourself is what are my short-term goals what are my long-term goals and none of you guys have goals I know you don't I see you out there falling through your lives I'm not stupid then you wonder why I'm so happy why I'm always so chipper oh no it's because I'm fake guys this is all big persona I I go home and I'm all upset no it's not true dude I know who I am 
And every single week on Friday, when I sit down and I write out my little health assessment my doctor makes me do, I also do a self-analysis. I step back and reflect about my week, about my words, who I ran into, how I portrayed myself, how I acted. You know, here's, um, here's another one to help you better know yourself. Three is, who matters most to me? Who are my supporting people? And if you don't have any support, you need to find it. Because no person out there ever grows from isolation. When you isolate, that's a good way to find yourself in a very unhealthy situation, even the hospital, and if not, death. Four, what am I ashamed of? A lot of people carry shame with them for things that had nothing to do with them because they were treated a certain way by an adult as a kid that the shame is carried on for life and they... They never let it go. Even when the person passes away, they continue to carry that shame. And it, it's sad, you guys. Um, five, what do I like to do for fun? You know, you need to write this stuff down. Like I always say, only an idiot writes it down because then he never forgets. What a great idiot, right? Five, what do I like to do? Oh, sorry, I already wrote that. Excuse me. Six, what new activities am I interested in or willing to try? Ask yourself, you know, like I went out, I went out two weeks ago and I bought a basketball hoop and a basketball because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go back to the gym and lift weights. I really don't. You know, I've lifted weights for all my life. I'm good. You know, I could, I could knock off 350. Okay. Big deal. You know, I don't care about that stuff. I care about having fun and getting active and being interested in it. So, you know, I grew up in the nineties in Chicago. So I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan, Michael Jordan fan. Well, in reality, y'all, I got to tell you, when I'm out there on the court in my yard, I am MJ, y'all. <laughs> I believe I can fly. <laughs> that was my eighth grade graduation song. <laughs> Anyways, back to the uh, questions to help you know yourself better. And uh, this next one, you guys, I, I wrote this one down because I find this one to be very important. It's, what am I worried about? You know, if you fix your mind constantly on problems and um, you become those problems, I mean, those problems consume you. And um, what are you worried about? You know, don't worry for anything. Pray about everything because when you're constantly in tune with your higher power, how can you be worried for anything when all you care about is pleasing your higher power and making him smile down upon you because your mother... Your earthly mother, your earthly father, yes, they're here. They made you. Yes, you think you care about them. They should take second place to your higher power. And that's the truth. And when you get on that level and you realize that, I'm telling you, it changed my life. When I, Because, you know, as a kid, my dad died at five. Boom. Instant heart attack, gone. Nobody believed it. Well, it took me about 20 years before one day I was at work and I thought, I love God so much, I don't need no earthly father. And when I said that, it literally, I mean, I'm telling you, a ton of bricks came off of my back and I had never felt so relieved. I felt relieved and relief all at the same time. It was unbelievable. And I was no longer worried about missing my father because I had God and I didn't worry anymore about that stuff. And I let it go. It took me a long time. And my mom did worry about me. She always told me I never knew what to do for you. Because when, you know, we lose a parent at a young age, sometimes our minds, you know, they, they go sideways. Um, eight, 
Um, and these, I'm, I'm reading to you guys things that, you know, questions to help you know yourself better. And that's why I shared the handwriting analysis book with you because you got to get to know yourself better. Eight is what are my values? What do I believe in? Consider politics, um, religion, and social issues, you know, because these are all parts of who you really are and, you know, what, what you're really all about, you know, and you got to get to know yourself, you know, what are your values? If you don't have values, how do you have any morals, you know, and that's important to have values, you guys, for our children, for our, our husbands and our wives, everything, everything is, um, pertinent to values. Um, here's nine. If you, if I consider, excuse me, if I could have one wish, it would be blank. Write that one down for today. I want you guys to write this one down. If I could have one wish, it would be blank. Reflect on that because that's part of who you are and, and analyze what you write down and how spaced out the words are. Did you dot your I? Did you slash your I? Did you make a real long T? A short T. You know, I'm serious about that. 10. Where do I feel safest? As a human being, a lot of children that are growing up in poverty, they um, actually develop um, borderline personality disorders very easily. They, you know, schizophrenia, bipolarism, um, because unfortunately they feel unsafe. And I know this feeling, you guys. You know, when my dad died, my mom hit the bottle. I ran the streets. I was digging under pop machines, in and out of laundromats, looking for change to feed me. You know, because I hadn't seen my mom in three days because she hadn't come home. And I was five years old. I was four years old. You know, I was I was out there doing that stuff. And then it, but that's why my mom was like, I didn't know what to do for you. Because I didn't feel safe. And she didn't know how to make me feel safe because she didn't feel safe. Um, 11 is what or who gives me comfort? Very important. Your comfort, your safety, those are all natural human needs. And everybody needs those things. 12 is if I wasn't afraid, I would blank. Write that down. If I wasn't afraid, I would blank. Because whatever you write down there, that needs to be your year goal. And I mean that. If I wasn't afraid, I would blank. Because you only live once and you're wasting your time, you're falling through your life, you're going to your dead-end job every single day, you're, you want to be with, um, you know, you want to be with some girl at your work because you're, and you're a girl and you're married, you know, put it in that situation, I'm not proud of that situation, but hey, if I wasn't afraid, I would, you know, because you being, you know, a homosexual inside and then acting as a heterosexual dude. Do you have any idea the chaotic, the untethered soul inside of that body and mind? I'm telling you what. I have a cousin and I mean he did this, you guys. He was a homosexual. We all knew it, you know, but he didn't want to believe it because we are a Christian family, you know, and he became, he, he, he literally developed goraphobia, you know, and it was unreal. He used to hide under sheets and run around the house terrified for 10 fucking years. This wasn't some, oh, overnight thing, you guys. And he was a beautiful human being. He still is. And he's no longer like that. He's healed. He's out of the closet. He loves his life. He loves himself. And we all love him too. 
and we all accept him. Um, but that's a huge one. You know, if I wasn't afraid, I would blank. Um, 13, what is my proudest accomplishment? 14, what is my biggest failure? 15, am I a night owl or an early bird? How can I arrange my life to better suit this part of my nature? And that's important, you guys, because I had read a study a few weeks back about people that stay up past midnight. They, within three weeks, staying up past midnight every single day, they start to develop negative world views. After four weeks of staying up past midnight, they start to develop negative relationships in the workplace. That's why people on third shift are so bizarre and out there. Oh, yeah, and you were so good at your job, man. You were over here all this time. And then the next day, you're a lazy mother effer, man. Get out of here. I'm like, what in the world? Well, that's third shift, and that's why I just don't want to do it. I worked third shift solid 12 for two years. No thanks. Not a fun time. But thank you guys for listening to the Only You podcast. And today, I was reading to you a book. I thought that it would really help you. And um, honestly, just, you know, getting to know yourself. And um, it's the, the secrets of understanding yourself and others and simple, scientific. And, and it's right in your hands. You know, it, literally, your handwriting. You can tell all kinds of things. I'm telling you, go out and find Robert Holder's book. You can analyze handwriting and do it. I'm serious, you guys. I love all of you guys. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, this is a great podcast. You know, share me. Get me out there. I'm trying to do this. And hopefully, I'm helping somebody somewhere at some point. I love you guys. Be good to yourselves.